Now you know when you got to finish, right? Okay, I'm a little shorter, so I'm going to stand up here. Okay, so I guess we're kind of sharing our backgrounds. And so I'll give a really, really brief about my background because Judy and the pastor know, like, I talked for an hour with them about my testimony. And so I'll go really short. So I think I've always, I've grown up as a very good Christian girl growing up in a Presbyterian Christian family, being like the president of my youth group and all of that stuff. And I really had a really good life. And then um, towards the end of my senior year, I think that's when things started falling and crashing. Um, I had a boyfriend for about a year and a half and we broke up and he went for someone at my church. Um, and that really hurt me a lot. And so I think a lot of girls can relate to that, you know, just all the lies that I was like told and everything. And then, uh, I have to see him like coming to my church with this other girl who I'm supposed to love because I'm president of my youth group, you know? And then the other thing, um, the summer before college, I found out that my mentor, my pastor, he actually, the reason he had left a year earlier was not because of the reasons he told me, but it was because he had cheated and he cheated on his wife with um, a chondasanim that had been cheated on before. It's this really long, messed up story. So basically, there are three pastors that had cheated in our youth group. And so after hearing about all of that, those are the two major things that happened to me right before college. Um, my foundation was just totally cracked. Um, going into college, I was just like, I'm not going to be a leader anymore. Like, I was so disappointed. I was so hurt. I was so just, there's no such thing as like a person that truly is defined in God. Cause he was my, like, he was my mentor and this Chandasanim was my, like my mission mentor and all of that. So I was, I just kind of didn't really believe in that church stuff anymore. Um, and that really led to a very, sinful college life because uh, my foundation was totally cracked and I still went to church every week not because I loved God but because my parents never let me skip church so if I don't go to church something's missing in my life because it's routine you know and so yeah like that happened all of my freshman year I drank I went partying um, I found another guy and I thought this time I was supposed to be a little more promiscuous because I wasn't like that for my old boyfriend so that was why he didn't like me you know because I didn't give enough or something you know and so coming to my summer of two summers ago I was a counselor for my youth retreat back at home so not at college but back at home and um, okay so I served as a counselor for my youth retreat, and somehow at this place, there was a, a situation played where these two, situ, um, these two like hurts from my past re-arise and resurfaced. And so I had to face it in, at this retreat, and I was very, very, very vulnerable because um, these are just things I couldn't face, and I just put behind, and I hid it in my heart for a long time. And so basically what happened is when you're really vulnerable and you're repenting, but you're still very just uneasy in your heart, Satan uses that opportunity to attack you, you know? And so he attacked me on the third night of this retreat as um, I, I demonically manifested um, with evil spirits inside of me for about three hours. So, like, I was, like, laying and, like, shaking, you know, and stuff. And um, I had no idea what was going on because we were Presbyterian, you know? And all of our, like, all of the brothers and sisters were just like, whoa, you know? And I'm a counselor and everything. And um, basically, I had supernatural strength where some of the guys were holding me down, and I, like, I lifted them. And they are pretty big. Like, our current pastor at that time, he looked like Kung Fu Panda, the Pope. Like, legitly. Like, he was really big. But, like, I could just... I was stronger than them. I was giving myself bruises. I was just 
doing things that my mind wouldn't allow, you know, and it was only by the grace of God that I was able to survive that. You know, it was only really by God's grace that he pulled me through that moment. And so that was, I was very thankful the next morning when I woke up. I was like, you know, God is real. There's no way I can ever say God's not real because he just proved, you know, to save me, you know. And I, w- I had so much peace and intimacy knowing how how real he was because I didn't know him for my whole college life. I didn't know who he was anymore, you know. But then that following night, it sort of happened again. Not to the extent, but it was it still happened, you know. And so that peace and intimacy, it overlapped with a fear that Satan was instilling in my heart. And um, that fear just continued to grow when I went back to college. Austin is a very big sin city. I just went back to my old ways. And, um, like, more stuff happened. It was really overwhelming for me. So that's what... F- like pushed me to come to Korea. You know, a lot of you guys are here escaping something from your other home, study abroad students. So that's what happened to me. I was like, I need to leave. I need to leave. And um, I just need to go somewhere where no one knows me. No one can talk about me or say anything. So that's why I came here. And then shift happened. So I will be very, very quick. Okay, so yeah, so basically I came to Korea thinking that I use this because I ramble, so sorry. Um, so Satan used all these circumstances to like tell me I'm not worthy, I'm not pretty, I'm disgusting, and um, I'm not loved by anybody. And um, most of all, like I can never ever get a genuine relationship with God, like ever again. You know, you can't you can't do that. You know, like he would tell me that, and he made me believe that more than being pleased, I needed to do all the works to get pleased by God. You know, and so when I came to this retreat and. Uh, when Pastor Christian opened, like the thing I liked about this retreat was it wasn't just one, one particular session. For me, it was every single session. And that, for that, I'm so blessed because I'm an, I'm a retreat pro. So I know on the last night, that's when you receive the blessing. I've gotten so much of that, but like God showed me a different kind of retreat at this place. And I was so thankful for that. So when Pastor Christian was, um, speaking about spiritual person, I was like, Oh my gosh, like, I don't want to hear about spiritual anything, you know, like I'm still not ready, you know, like I'm being more open to it, but I was just like at this retreat, I don't know, like if I want to, you know, like, and then when he was talking about spiritual gifts and spiritual people, and I was like, you know, this is for me because actually that at that retreat, um, back at home, I, I received gift of tongue. But what Satan told me was that this was not from God, but it was from him, from Satan. Like that when I speak gibberish, it's unholy words, you know? And so every time I hear like stuff come out of my mouth, I'll be like, Oh, I have to stop it right now. You know, like this is like weird, you know, like I can't, I can't do it, you know? And when I heard pastor Christian say, you need spiritual gifts to fight spiritual forces, you know, I was like, well, I want to, I want to fight spiritual forces because I never ever want to be in that situation again, you know? And so like for altar call, I ran up and I was like, okay. And do you just like, let your tongue flow. Like, I don't know, like, just be comfortable with it. Just allow it. And um, I remember that's when Eunice on the, was praying for me. And I really, I was really receiving it and really feeling just my tongue move by itself. And I was like, okay, God, like, you're coming, you know, and stuff. And um, I was really, really blessed by all of the staff that prayed for me. Um, and what I realized was each of you guys have, like, different gifts. Like, someone said, uh, you made them cry. Matt made him cry. You know, like Matt made me cry too. And I feel like he has a gift of like, re- like relieving those kind of emotions. Like it was really cool. Yeah. And so it was really a blessing to see that. And it was even more of a blessing to understand, I guess, the apostolic like hierarchy thing in a way. Like when Pastor Christian like just 
came in front of me. I started going crazy. And then like, and then like he put his head on me and like, I was like, I was like dancing in this weird, I was doing some really weird, weird movements. Like, and I was like, I was just like, oh my, and then like, he was like, more, more. And I was like going more and more and stuff. And like, I was really thankful because I could feel myself manifesting this time in him, like truly in him. But at the same time, I knew that everyone was watching me and at my youth retreat, all my youth people thought I was kind of weird because I'm a counselor and I'm manifesting. So I was like, oh, what if people are judging me and thinking that, you know, like I'm weird dancing like a tribal dance or something, you know? And so I, w- I started to have fear. And like the moment that fear started coming into me, like I heard words like, Unji, you're safe. Like I'm right next to you. You're so safe, you know? But that wasn't God. It was Pastor Aaron. Like, Pastor Aaron's voice is what... I mean, it was from God. But it was Pastor Aaron's voice that said that to me. And, like, the moment I heard that, like, my heart melted. And I was so broken because, like, she knows, like, some of the things that I went through. And God used her to make sure that even though he was just giving me love, like, she knew I was still scared because his love is overwhelming, you know? So, at the same time, like, he used my new spiritual father to give me that love, but then the spiritual mother to nurture me and make sure that, like, I'm not scared, you know? And so, I was so, like, so thankful for that, like, for that moment, you know? And, like, that was only the first night, you know? And I was like, okay, now I'm kind of healed of my fear of spiritual warfare and stuff. Like, I think I'm legitly healed of that now. And um, the next morning, like, Pastor Marcus, thank you, Sonia. <laughs> the next morning, like, Pastor Marcus speaks, and that just, that really helped me a lot because that's what I struggled with the most, victim mentality. Like, that is my biggest um, weakness. After everything that happened, I was just saying, you know, I hate boys because they tainted me, they corrupted me, they showered me with lies, you know. I hate my friends because they're not loyal. Like, they don't care about, this was before I met Sonia, you know. <laughs> I, I don't, like, I don't care about my friends, like, because they don't care about me anymore. They, they didn't care when I was going through a hard time, you know. And I definitely don't like the church because, like, my pastor's committed affairs, like, people at my college ministry are like spreading rumors that are not true about me like if if i if i told this to anybody i would make sure i said all of this so that they can give me a pity party you know they could be like oh i'm sorry you went through so much you know not only did you just experience like demonic manifestation you went through all of this too and so every day i was asking god to just pity me you know like being like god like you know you look what i'm going through like this is for you you know but it's not it's just for my own my own sympathy you know and when i was listening to pastor marcus um, sermon and just realizing that I'm that invalid, 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 you know, invalid. Um, that just really broke me. Like God has been commanding me to get up for so long, you know, but I'm blaming it on so many other people. And like the moment I heard that, I just knew like, I need to forgive my own, like, I need to forgive so many people so that I can be forgiven too, you know? And so for that altar call, when I went up, I was led by Judy on the, I'm really thankful that the people that kind of led me through it were people that already knew. So I didn't have to be vulnerable and like re say some things. So Judy on was leading me through, um, just forgiving some of the guys that hurt me. And, um, it was really interesting because that week actually I was just randomly like I would get images from the past of things that happened, you know? And I'm like, why do I have to remember this? And it wasn't just from one guy. It was like from a lot of different ones. So I was like, God, why, why is this happening now? You know? And like, I was really frustrated, but when I was forgiving, like when I was forgiving these guys, like I was able to remember these specific images and 
like boldly proclaim freedom, you know, from them. Boldly proclaim what I was being freed from, you know. So the weight of the physical sin, it was, and just like all the other hurt, it was really just lifted off of me. And the moment I was forgiving them, I felt God forgiving me. And like, as he forgives me, I'm free. And if I'm free, I can free others and all of that. So yeah, it was really awesome. And then came the last night. Um, and that was just awesome. Like, I think we all know that was awesome. And um, Pastor Aaron's, that was the first time I actually got to hear her preach, um, which is pretty cool. I, I did fall asleep a little. <laughs> I know, just Because <laughs> we were talking out there, and she said she sees people that sleep, and I was like, that was me. But what I did hear was, um, like, you know, when she... <laughs> But when I, well, like, um, when she was speaking and, like, when she was talking about the, you know, cheapening of the cross, like, I could picture, like, this beautiful gold cross, you know? It was so beautiful, and then it turned into, like, a paper cross. And that's what I did, you know? Because I chose to live my lukewarm life. Like, I made a transformation of this cross to be so, so worthless, you know? And so I was just so, like, ashamed at that time because I'm, like, you know, she's talking about repentance. I was like, I'm not going to repent, you know? Like, just because... I'm scared of repentance because that's when I got my demonic manifestation. I have a, I have a fear of repentance. So I was very uneasy. But when she said that, I was like, I can't, I can't cheapen the value of God's cost or Jesus's cost. You know, I can't cheapen it. So when I went up for that altar call, um, I was then, um, guided by Anita, which was my community care, um, caller. So she knows a lot about some things too. So it was all these people that God was just strategically placing. And when Anita, on the, when she was playing, praying for me, it was just very awesome. Like just, she was just listening. I, there's just so much I can't, you know, y'all know how awesome she is. So yeah. And, um, when I was receiving it and when I was repenting of so many of my sins, like that's when I was able to like see my first vision or like my first image and i've been asking god to be more imagery full you know um so like anyways um so like as i was repenting like all i saw was like white like it was all white but then there was like this very dark and very like tainted cross you know and i was on that cross you know and i was like that's really weird you know and i was praying and praying and like and as i was repenting of everything like the chains that bound me you know those were latched open and then god was like saying to me like why are you on there like unji like why do you keep repenting of the same exact sins like i already forgave you and you keep repenting you know and so i was just like like really like home was like just can you please just accept my forgiveness now you know like please be free and like stop trying to live your life on that cross because that's my position you know that's not where you're supposed to be so you need to look at my cross and really be able to understand like that that's that's what i already did for you you know and so like the moment I, I was just like bawling and I was like, oh my gosh. And like, then Anita was like talking about be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I was like, I really wanted that. And I felt being baptized in the Holy Spirit. And like, I felt myself be renewed and refreshed. And it was just so awesome. And then ending in praise, it was amazing. Like being able to praise in full joy, you know, that's something I haven't been able to praise in prayer and just joy. And so, um, I remember, um, a lot of my friends, uh, not friends, we're all friends. Okay. So I remember a lot of you guys are saying that, um, there was, uh, angels and stuff. Like I didn't see it, but I have no doubt because I, when I praised with my eyes closed, like it was light, like I could see light everywhere, you know? And the reason I have no doubt is because we were so covered that night and like, I repented for the first time, legitly, since 
two, almost two years ago, or one a year and a half ago, you know? And this time it was so different because I was covered by like so many people that it, it felt so safe, you know? So, um, God met all of my expectations that I had at the retreat and he gave me more, you know? Cause I honestly, I asked God, I was like, God, can I like, while I'm in study abroad, like, can I have like a boyfriend, you know, like a fling, you know, not just not to like, you know, do the same like sins or stuff, but it was like, so I can believe in love again. You know, it's like, you know, please just like a little temporary fling. Cause I want to believe in love. Cause I was someone that was such a romantic person, you know, and my vision, my image of love was so hurt, you know? And like, I went to my there cause I go to Seoul national and I went out to like Hongdae Gangnam with these guys at, study abroad program and I was like yeah I'm not gonna yeah no god you know and I was like I was really mad because I was like like I was like oh why can't I have a guy you know just to like hang out with you know and stuff like that and he was like Unji, like I'm your lover here you know like and like this is the beginning of the love that's gonna last forever you know like you asked to believe in love again and so how else am I gonna show you that but through me you know through the most perfect love and so it was so awesome. And for a lot of you, I know you guys might not know what it, what God's love means. Cause for me, I didn't know what God's love really meant. Like people say it to me all the time, new Philly, I came here and everyone's like, Unji, I feel like God's telling me to tell you that he loves you. And Chung me, like, she's like writing to, Unji, I love you so much. And I'm like, whoa, like I just met you, you know, like that's not love. You know, I was so confused, but like, like, so I was asking God one day, I was like, God, like, what is love? You know? And he, he, he was like telling me, and you like, what's your, what do you love the most? Like in the world besides like people, you know? And I wore it to, it's my Dallas Mavericks. Okay. And so what I want to say with this though, it's really, it's a good, for me, it's the best revelation I actually got because I love the Mavs so much. And if you guys don't know, they're a basketball team and, um, they, they failed a lot in the past. Like they, they were going to win the championship five, five years ago and they didn't. And they just kept falling and falling. And everyone was telling me like, why do you keep rooting for them? They're not going to win their choke team, you know, like Dirk Nowitzki, what? Like, no, you know? And I was like, uh, no. And the thing is though, the thing is like, they won the championship this year. And I was, I was really proud of them. And like that proud proudness I had of them like, you don't understand. That was one of the happiest days of my life, which is really sad, but it was a really happy day for me. And God was just saying, Unji, like, that's how much more, like, that tiny, like, measly mavericks, like, that means nothing compared to the love I have for you. So do you get it now? Do you get just, like, a glimpse of how much I love you? Because I know you love the Mavs so much. So can you, like, multiply that by a million times a million and a million? And that's how much I love you, you know? And so now I know what God's love means, you know? Like, and it's still intangible. Like, this is a very small, tangible thing I tried to make out of nothing, but his love is intangible. And throughout this retreat, the only thing I learned and the best thing I learned was that he loves me so much, you know? And I think that's just something I needed to learn over and over again. And like, I'm so instilled in his love and I'm so happy and so joyful now. And like, even when I was coming here, I was attacked by Satan, you know, like I was really tired and I was really like, like, I don't even know where my phone is right now. I was like, Oh, should I not go? I can't find my phone and stuff. But like, I was like, no, cause you know, test testimony is about sharing you know and like sharing god's power and like i knew like that this was because like this this 
testimony is supposed to be for someone else too. And like, I really hope that you guys keep like persevering because I came to Korea rock bottom. Like I came here expecting to be even more corrupt. Korea is known for sometimes being kind of corrupt, you know? And so I knew that and I was like, you know, I'm going to live my life here. And God just surprised me, you know? He exceeded my expectations. So I hope you guys continue to have a heart of just desperation but out of faith you know like know that he's going to change you and he will so thank you and sorry for taking time